Blog Talk Radio. You asked for it, here it is. Welcome to Mixtape Videos. Today we're ranking our top ten players in NBA history. It seems like everyone's top ten list is different, and honestly, opinion plays a large part. We're going to share our list, but make sure you watch till the end of this video to see how you can be a part of a viewer-ranked list of the greatest players of all time. But for now, let's get on to our list. and Sportsbeat Radio, this is Sportsbeat, a provocative, insightful, informative, and educational show that we hope will educate the sports listener to the specific of sport. With interviews, analysis, and a comprehensive look at the topics we feel will be appealing to the listener, and with that said, we're not just your average call-in, same subject, same question over and over sports radio, but we like to think of ourselves as informative and educational radio. So why not sit back and for the next 30 minutes or so, we hope you'll find program interesting, educational, and above all, enjoyable. And with that said and done, with Sports Beat, we're coming at you live, and I'm your host, John Spool. So everybody, welcome to this Sunday program, Football Sunday as they call it, and it is the Sunday, the Last Sunday of the month, the 24th day of September 2023. Thanks so much for joining us on yet another segment of Sports Beat Radio Talking Sports. And of course, our show is about educational radio. We don't do too many call ins. And uh, for that reason, let's get right to it. Today's show is about we did a show on football yesterday, or baseball rather, the. Uh, uh, top players, and uh, we wanted to talk about basketball today, you know, the best players uh, from history in the NBA. And, of course, you know, you heard the sound bite. That was courtesy of MTV, of all places, but uh, they have a, a say in things as well. And uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what we feel are the best players. Now, as you heard uh, in the soundbite, it's a matter of opinion. Um, I don't know that opinion really matters. I think it more is about who revolutionizes the sport. And I think that's really what sports is about when you're the greatest. And I think the problem today is that we allow too many people into the Hall of Fame in any sport. You know, it's become kind of a popularity contest. Uh, they had talked about having uh, people, uh, the actual fans, vote. But then uh, right now, as you know, it's the sports writers that vote for it. Uh, and if the fans did, they'd probably, you know, stuff the ballot boxes. And, uh, you know, who knows, because people like teams based on geographical locations. So I, I really think it has to do with uh, a lot of areas of sport. I don't think there was a greater player than Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, but, you know, people will say uh, who didn't see Will Chamberlain will say, well, you know, Kobe Bryant was great. Uh, you know, LeBron James, Dr. J, uh, 
the great Larry Bird, who did, you know, great things. And, you know, leaving out of the mix, Pete Maravich, who was one of the great shooters of all time. I saw him do things with a basketball that most people probably couldn't do in three lifetimes. So, you know, the NBA has a rich history dating back nearly 68 years. It's really the youngest of the four major sports in America, full of decorated organizations and players. And during that time, we've seen our fair share of greats come and go. But which players in the game's history stand out above the rest? Well, to decide that, we'll look at various criteria, including statistics, team success, and individual accolades. And when we, you know, look at things like that, uh, it still, I think, boils down to, you know, who was the player that basically revolutionized the sport. You know, who revolutionized the sport. And uh, I think that, you know, the problem that people have a lot of times when they uh, look at this stuff and they start to, uh, you know, analyze who's the best is that they generally do it within their era. You know, they don't, they don't normally do it when, uh, you know, thinking about, let's say, uh, the best players uh, in history in the NBA. They, they, you know, probably would exclude uh, Wilt Chamberlain because they didn't see him play, you know, uh, just like you would exclude Babe Ruth. You know, you, you didn't see Babe Ruth play. And as a result, when you look at it, uh, you probably wouldn't vote for him as a great player. And then there's these, you know, these uh, know-it-all uh, sports guys on sports radio who continue to say, well, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't hit in today's market, you know. Uh, I don't know that that's true because we mentioned yesterday that Babe Ruth had about a 17 to 20 percent better peripheral vision than most people. I do think that some of the players of the past uh, probably couldn't play in today's NBA because of the fast pace. You know, there was a time when they didn't have uh, the jump shot and everything else. It was more of a set, set shot. So at number 10, we're going to talk about the top 10. We're going to talk about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I saw him play in person. Uh, I saw him when I was in college out in Los Angeles when he played for UCLA. And the guy had the most incredible shot. You just couldn't stop Kareem with that sky hook. I mean, you'd have to be 10 feet tall to be able to even come close to being able to stop it. So Kareem put up a whopping 38,000. 387 points during his playing career, and you can't look past the fact that he spent a good chunk of his career receiving passes from Oscar Robertson and Magic Johnson, the two greatest point guards. Also, his career totals were inflated by the fact that he played roughly 10,000 years in the NBA, or let's say 20. Uh, nevertheless, he was an awesome force who dominated the sport for two decades and perfected, as we call it, the sky hook, one of the most gorgeous shots the game has ever seen. Plus, he was hilarious in the airplane, if you remember the movie, even though he couldn't act. Uh, number nine would be Tim Duncan. And I think a lot of it depends on, you know, what team you're on. The Spurs didn't get a lot of publicity. Popovich was overrated as a coach because the players make the coach, as I've always said. What team uh, has been lousy that won because of a good coach? Not too many. 
if, if any. So, Tim Duncan, you have to confess to make, even though, you know, you're a lifelong devotee of Seattle sports teams, a fan fling with the San Antonio teams of the 90s and early 2000s, just they played the kind of slow-paced ball that put most fans to sleep by the third quarter. But there was often a thing of pure beauty hidden among the tire fire of a 78-71 final. Tim Duncan's bank shot and his prime Duncan nicknamed the Big Fundamental. That's what they call him, kind of an odd name. Uh, by no less a nickname authority than Shaquille O'Neal was one of the most sound players of all time, and while his famously vanilla playing style and quiet demeanor kept him from having a cultural impact similar to other greats, his four championships, 14 All-Star games and two NBA, NBA MVP awards, are indisputably evidence of his fantastic ability. Of course, he played along with uh, the Admiral Robinson, David Robinson, and together they were the Twin Towers, you remember? And, of course, Popovich got all the praise and everything for being a great coach. And the last couple of years, they've been lucky to make the playoffs. Shaquille O'Neal, the opposite end of the attractive play from Duncan is Shaquille O'Neal. And uh, 7-1, 315 pounds, bullying his way to the basket. Once there, he would finish with an emphatic dunk, a foolproof strategy that helped O'Neal lead the NBA in field goal percentages 10 times in his career. But O'Neal wasn't just pure physicality. He was surprisingly graceful for such a massive person, and he had a deft touch with his close-range jump shots. His free-throw shooting, on the other hand, well, you know, it's kind of like what Wilt wills. Wilt couldn't shoot either uh, free throws, but yet he was in that 100-point game in Hershey on March 2nd, uh, 1962. He was a pretty high percentage on the uh, free-throw line. Larry Bird, for all, all you Celtics fans, I was never a Celtics fan, but I always admired that team and what they were able to accomplish with all those great players, Havlicek, JoJo White, Cowens, you know, the, the list goes on and on. Dennis Johnson, I believe, came over from Seattle, you know. and uh, Don't be fooled by his humble small college uh, provenance. They called him the Hick from French Lick, Indiana. He was one of the fiercest competitors and greatest uh, probably smack talkers in the NBA. Uh, Bird had arguably the quickest release of anyone to ever play basketball, and he often let his defender know that the shot was going in soon after it left his hands. So he racked up three championship rings and 12 all-star appearances in his injury-shortened 13-year uh, career, and moreover, his rivalry with Magic Johnson uh, during the 80s launched basketball into an unprecedented level of national popularity that the sport has never uh, actually fallen from as far as those players you know the the nba of today is not the nba of those years uh it's a it's a it's a league unfortunately and i don't like to put it down but it's a league that's uh uh caters to china uh you know we have players in the league that uh you know make multi-million dollar shoe deals from slave labor in western china making their shoes one of them is lebron james uh most of the players that I've interviewed over the years who played in the NBA back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s don't even watch it today because it's not recognizable. Uh, Dennis Autry was one that I have stayed in touch with over the years. He has a beautiful bed and breakfast out on the coast of uh, Oregon. And uh, he talked, uh, he said he, he can't remember the last NBA game he watched because it just it bores him. He said it's all about three-point play and all about celebrity and about me and about this and about China and all the other things, and he said it's really turned him off. But Larry Bird, 
At least those of us who saw him can remember the greatness of the NBA. Bill Russell, another great, great star uh, who left us not long ago, was the ultimate winner in history of the NBA. He won a league title in all but two of his 13 seasons. Didn't play as long as most. Uh, was a member of the Celtics, and the NBA consisted of just 8 to 14 teams during this period, so capturing championships was statistically a little easier feat for a single franchise, but even that fact doesn't minimize Russell's historic accomplishments. The Celtics had played for 10 seasons before Russell joined the team, never once reaching a championship series in that time, but in his rookie year, Russell completed changed the franchise course and established the Celtics as the winningest team in the NBA, but he didn't earn his place on this list, though some sort of uh, ethereal winning. Russell was one of the fiercest defenders of all time, and he redefined the value of blocking shots in addition to averaging an incredible 22.5 rebounds per game over his career. Yeah, I remember uh, I was young, uh, probably 8, 9 years old, 10 years old, and remember seeing those great uh, Celtic 76er games. They used to have those on a lot because it was a prime game between the greatest player of all time, Wilt Chamberlain, and uh, a pretty good close second in Bill Russell. And it was always about Russell trying to stop Chamberlain at the old Civic Arena in Philadelphia, uh, where they have the Philadelphia Flower Show. Now, whenever I go there, I, I kind of look around and, and see, you know, what, uh, what uh, happened many years ago, 50, 60 years ago, when Chamberlain and Russell, who really revolutionized the sport. Oscar Robertson. During the 61-62 season, he called the big O. He averaged triple-double with 30.8 points, 12.5 rebounds, 11.4 assists per game, and O. And the 12-time All-Star also helped initiate true free agency in the NBA through a landmark antitrust suit, much like Kurt Flood did with uh, baseball back in the late 60s with the Cardinals. Uh, an accomplishment just as impressive as his jaw-dropping on-court exploits. Just a great, great guard. And, of course, Wilt Chamberlain. You know, that would be like saying uh, Babe Ruth is off the list if you don't put Wilt Chamberlain on. He played at a time when post players were significantly smaller and basketball wasn't drawing the types of athletic marvels that we see today, but the man was so incredibly dominant that he deserves a spot in the top five regardless of context. And the four highest all-time NBA single-season scoring averages all belonged to Chamberlain in his first four professional seasons. The most notable, of course, I mentioned earlier, is scoring feats came on March 2, 1962 in Hershey, Pennsylvania, when he put up an astounding 100 points in a game, an NBA record that will likely never be broken. I can't see anybody breaking it. I mean, we've had Michael uh, Jordan get in the 80s. Uh, Kobe, I think, got into the 80s. Uh, Devin Booker a few years ago scored 70 uh, at the Boston Gar at the uh, TD Garden in Boston, and in a losing effort with the Suns, uh, that's when the Suns were kind of a doormat team. Uh, but uh, just the sheer power of what Will Chamberlain could do, even long after he retired, he was in his 50s, he was still dominant. He could take on uh, NBA players and 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 you know blow past them. Uh, the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest player, in my view, of all time. He was also the only person to grab more rebounds per game than Russell, 22.9, all while averaging more minutes played per game than any player in league history, 45.8. And the one time in his 14-year career that he was not an all-star was 1970, a season in which he, an injured Chamberlain, that's the only way you keep him out, 
was limited to just 12 regular season games, and yet he still managed to win his team to the NBA Finals upon his return. Got to put Magic Johnson in there, one of the most uh, probably jubilant personalities to ever play the game, kind of like O.J. Simpson, that big smile, and uh, everybody kind of liked Magic. His charm was a major factor in the massive increase in the league's popularity during the 80s, which really was a great era for the NBA. But he was so much more than a dazzling smile. Johnson's uh, otherworldly passing set up the stage for the Showtime L.A. Lakers, as they were called, teams that captured five championships during his 13 years with the franchise. He was 6'9", making him the NBA's tallest point guard, not only posting the best assist per game mark in league history, 11.2, but had a tremendous all-around game as well. Famously played center in place of the injured uh, Abdul uh, Jabbar in the title-clinching game six of the NBA Finals as a 20-year-old rookie. And, of course, uh, one of my close friends who did the uh, football show for us a a few years ago, uh, George Christian, who we're going to be hearing again from uh, on baseball when we get around to doing the show, was with me at the Spectrum at that game. And it was uh, a game that, uh, you know, went down in history as this young guy came in for Jabbar and single-handedly took on a great Sixers team with Dr. J and all those uh, great players. And while uh, this has really nothing to do with his ranking on the list, it's still incredibly awesome and noteworthy that he has successfully fought off the HIV virus uh, over two decades. He helped to stigmatize AIDS through his high-profile advocacy and launched a second career as an entrepreneur uh, who opened businesses predominantly to poverty-stricken areas in efforts to spur urban revitalization. Um, Very well-liked, and, um, you know, there's... uh, a stigma about him. A lot of players, people don't like him because of the AIDS situation and the HIV and everything else. But uh, Magic Johnson not only was a great player, he deserves to be on the list, but also uh, a true humanitarian. Michael Jordan, of course, his airness, as they call them, isn't the best player ever, probably, in some people's eyes, but the uh, most famous player ever, absolutely. Most important player, quite possibly, most obsessively competitive to the detriment of even having normal human relations with anybody. Oh, yeah. He was, a, he was a tyrant on the court. And the man's desire to be best is legendary. It propelled him to six championships, five MVPs, all-star appearances in every full season he played, and the status is possibly the best defender ever. Plus, his 30.1 points per game is the NBA's highest uh, scoring average he played alongside another top 25 talent, Scottie Pippen, and was coached by the strategic genius, as they call him, Phil Jackson, during his most productive years. He was amazing, but he had a lot of help, at least more than the last guy on the list. And frankly, it's sort of fun tweaking all the Chicagoans who are surprisingly defensive about their sporting accomplishments. Did you know that the 2013 Seahawks had the best defense in NFL history. A lot of people don't realize that. They talk about the Bears over the 85 season, and they talk about the 2000 Ravens. But the Seahawks in 2013 were one of the greatest. LeBron James, got to put him in there. Uh, A lot of people don't like LeBron James because of his mouth. But he just does things that shouldn't be humanly possible. He's bigger than a good portion of the players in the NFL, and yet he still moves as gracefully as most nimble guards in basketball. He not only faced the incredible pressure of being anointed the chosen one, that's what the Sports Illustrated called him as a teenager, but he's actually extended the lofty expectations set for him. 
as magnificent as early players were, they never had to deal with the 24-7 stresses of 21st century media, which James has uh, with some apalm to it. Though the publication of the list, James has averaged a Robert, Robertson has 27.5 points, 7.2 rebounds, and 6.9 steals per game. And unlike the Big O, he was doing so against teams stocked with elite athletes and not players who smoked cigarettes at halftime. When people knocked him for not winning championships early in his career, they overlooked that he almost single-handedly took the overmatched Cleveland Cavaliers squad to the 2007 NBA Finals as just a 22-year-old. And, of course, he's won uh, two titles and counting as a member of the Miami Heat. Not only does he routinely pull off feats that I've never seen before, he has consistently evolved his game to fix the relative weak spots he has previously criticized for. So is he the best ever? Well, you know, he's among the best ever. Uh, I always have trouble with this uh, business of the best ever uh, because uh, we have another person that's on the, that didn't really get on the list, but I want to put him on, and that was the great George Mikan way back in the 40s and 50s out of DePaul University who basically uh, single-handedly changed the rules. Uh, he wasn't a great, great player at, at uh, DePaul, but he was a, an outstanding player. Uh, with the Minneapolis Lakers, who would, uh, of course, in the early 60s, move to L.A. and become the Lakers. Uh, he was much like Wilt Chamberlain, probably not as uh, athletic, but he was uh, very, very difficult to stop. Uh, many, many people th- said he was 7 feet. He was actually about 6'10", 6'11", which really doesn't matter that much. The game was, you know, more of a half-court game then, but, uh, you know, like Shaquille O'Neal, uh, like Wilt Chamberlain, uh, like a lot of those big men in those days, they muscled their way. You couldn't stop them. And uh, George Mikan certainly was uh, one uh, that makes the list. Another great player, in my view, and could be you know, better than all of them in some ways, was the great Pete Maravich. Uh, unfortunately, Pete died uh, in a pickup game at a Christian uh, league uh, where he uh, played, I believe it was in California. Uh, he actually had a three-chambered heart which they never detected, oddly. Uh, One of the chambers, uh, the fourth chamber, was malformed, and it was amazing that uh, the medical community said that he could have played as long as he did in a sport that was that grueling, running up and down, and yet Pete Maravich did things on the court. I saw him play uh, with the Jazz, and in those days you could get into the arena earlier than you can now, and uh, I saw him in warm-ups. He was doing things with two basketballs that – uh, I don't know that the whole team could do. And he was an incredible playmaker. Uh, you know, some people thought he was a hot dog player, but uh, he, he uh, you had to be aware when you were on the court with Pete Maravich because you never knew who he was going to throw to. He'd be behind his back, between his legs, uh, just a great prol- prolific scorer. And many people feel that Pete, Pete Maravich, many uh, NBA historians, sports historians feel that had there been the three-pointer in those days, uh, Pete Maravich could have been the all-time leading scorer uh, in the NBA history. Out of LSU, his father coached him, uh, one of my favorite players. Uh, I met Pete Maravich years years ago. He signed a uh, picture of himself, which I have in my autograph uh, wall, sports wall, and uh, a very, very kind man, very nice man, and uh, had an interesting career. You know, he ended up uh, with the Celtics uh, in, in the late parts of his career, and I think he's a, a very underrated player. 
Now, there's other people that certainly can be on the list that, you know, we did mention. And uh, as you heard the soundbite from MTV uh, when they got involved, uh, you know, it's really about opinion. Uh, and I don't really think it should be about opinion. I always thought that sports uh, greatness should be about revolutionizing the sport. I mean, that's really, to me, what the Hall of Fame is. And we did a show, uh, we did a couple of shows on it, and that is what makes an athlete great beyond uh, everyone else. And, you know, you can put a lot of athletes in a box uh, of greatness, and I think that's what we've done today. We, we have so many athletes that are in this box that we call great, and the box is starting to kind of become oblong. It's so full of players. But, you know, when you look at players that actually revolutionize their sport, uh, players that change the rules. There, there, there are very few. You know, Babe Ruth would have been one of them. Ty Cobb would have been one. Uh, you know, you look at uh, George Mikan, who certainly won. Now, you can say, you know, he wasn't as great as Chamberlain, uh, but he played in a different era, which is another uh, token of expression. You know, the eras that you play. You're only as good in the eras that you play. Um, and it's interesting because people say, well, Mikan couldn't play in today's game, and probably not because it was a half-court game. But I don't know that uh, some of the players today that, uh, you know, is all they do is uh, like Steph Curry and Booker and all these guys that shoot nothing but threes, I don't know if they could have played in the 80s because they don't know what defense is. Harden's another one, not a great defensive player. There were great defensive players back in the 80s and 90s. You know, you, put, you, you took your life in your hands when you went down the paint down the lane to try and score because you were going to be, you know, you're going to be manhandled by guys like Charles Oakley. They were tough guys. Dennis Autry, who punched Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> is known more for that than he was for his defensive skills. He wasn't a great scorer, but he knew how to play defense. There's only a handful of players today in the NBA that, that, that know what defense is. And yet uh, the NBA is enjoying unprecedented popularity, particularly in China because of its uh, offensive prowess. But, you know, there's another side of the game that a lot of these players don't know. And I don't think the players today could play back in the 80s and 90s, let alone players from, uh, you know, the 60s and 70s. Could Chamberlain have played today? I think he could have. I mean, he was, he was stopping people when he retired. Fifteen years after he retired, he was a dominant force in, in uh, pickup games and things that, uh, that they would uh, put on. But I think the true meaning of greatness is how you revolutionize the game. You know, Jimmy Brown revolutionized football. There's no question about it. He only, the man only played eight years. And until Walter Payton, uh, you know, beat his uh, rushing record, which stood for many years, uh, Jimmy Brown was, you know, unstoppable. He was a freight train running down the field. He ran like a gazelle and run over you like a freight train. And teams, as I said before, would devise their defense against Jimmy Brown, not against Cleveland, but against Jimmy Brown. And they had a pretty good quarterback in Frank Ryan, who, was, uh, who became a uh, doctorate in math. He's supposed to be a brilliant guy. He lives up in New Hampshire. Uh, I spoke to him. He's uh, you know, busy calculating formulas and everything. Uh, Dr. Ryan, you know, number 13 for Cleveland. And you know, had Leroy Kelly and all those great players back then. But, you know, uh, Jimmy Brown revolutionized the sport. And, you know, people criticize him if you look at old tapes, you know, because he used to carry the ball in one hand, which is, which is what some, you know, 
coaches consider, you know, to be the worst taboo it could be. But he was so dominant that you couldn't catch him anyway, whether he had it in one hand or two hands or, you know, whatever he did, he, you couldn't catch him. And he, was, uh, he revolutionized the sport. Joe Mike, uh, George Mikan of the uh, Minneapolis Lakers revolutionized the sport. The sport was changed. The rules were changed. Wilt Chamberlain revolutionized the sport. Michael Jordan revolutionized the sport with his uh, prowess. You know, Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, in some ways Pete Rose. Pitchers like uh, Walter uh, Johnson, Christy Matheson, Tom Seaver. They revolutionized the sport. So... Uh, that's a look at our list, and I'm sure that you're going to have yours, and feel free to write and tell us what you think. Uh, and I wanted to thank you so much for joining us, of course, on this segment of Sports Beat Radio Talking Sports, where we talked about uh, the uh, top players ever to play in uh, the NBA. And I'm sure you'll have uh, your list as well. We're not here to really debate it or argue it. We accept everybody's opinion, and like they said on the MTV intro, uh, it's a matter of opinion. I think it's a matter of who really revolutionizes the sport. Now, there were names on that list that they didn't, uh, you know, revolutionize the sport. Tim Duncan didn't revolutionize the sport. Uh, neither did, I think, in some ways, Oscar Robertson. But they were great, great stars, regardless of whether there was uh, less teams or less uh, talent. Uh, than there used to be. So that's kind of a look at uh, what we thought was the best players uh, in the NBA, and uh, we'll be doing one on um, football soon and probably hockey as well, uh, talking about some of the uh, great players of the league. So that'll about do it for our show today. Thanks so much for joining us on this segment of Sports Beat Radio Talk in Sports, where we were talking about the some of the great players to play, the top uh, five or ten players in NBA history, and I'm sure you'll have your list as well. Thanks so much for joining us. Once again, our music isn't working. Uh, I think it doesn't like us, but that's another story. Uh, all of you have a great day and great sports. Enjoy the football today. Enjoy the baseball as it winds down now for the last couple of weeks. And, of course, hockey and basketball are right around the corner. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. Thanks for joining us.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.